So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 6, Episode 13 of Before 90 Days. In this episode, Misha gets a green light from Nicola's family, Christian makes more friends at a random bar, David goes ring shopping, Riley comes clean about hiring the private investigator, Amanda realizes that maybe some of these things are her fault, and Gino and Jasmine have two blowout fights. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dances, and Life Lessons. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy! Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, I'm pretty tired uh, because yeah, same we finished the. Well, you're tired. You're more tired than I am. I just finished my second day of school, which is all. <laughs> That's tiring. Yeah. It is tiring, and it's 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 funny because both of my kids finished their second day of school and like got home and took a nap like immediately. Oh <laughs> like, my gosh! Like I fell asleep on the couch. Like what happened? Uh... <laughs> With my new job, I get home too late to really take a reasonable nap. Well, that's the time I've always gotten home. Yeah. No, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I think. Oh, do I have to go? Do I have to double up first? I do. Yeah, we oh, had. Man. We didn't see Dempsey and Statler. We didn't see Tyree and Carmela. Hopefully, ever again. Yes. Hopefully, ever again. So we have to start with me. A double dose from my 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 group because I, I drew the short straw this time. Apparently, yeah. so let's let's start with Riley and Violet. So it's. Only two days left in Riley's trip, and he says he's sunk two years into this relationship, so he doesn't want to give it up. Um, so they're together in the marketplace, and Riley hesitantly tries and some durian and really, really doesn't like it. She describes it as dog shit roasted in garlic butter. Oh, um, God. Um, which, and it, it, you know, it's, it's, we all know, if you've had it, it's certainly an acquired taste. <laughs> so... Violet tells him that her mom and her go to this market every day, and Riley is just like still reeling over not just the ta- enduring taste of a durian, but all the smells. He has like a towel that he just keeps putting in front of his face and his <laughs> nose, um, and he's just like, I need water, water. You need to give me water now. So Violet recaps uh, what happens with the kites and how she basically made him mad by saying she had no regrets about anything, and Riley, Violet tells Riley her feelings, which is that she feels like she's always honest with him and he never believes her. And she wants to know what it is that, his, that Riley's exes did to him that lay, made him like this. <laughs> so he tells her a series of stories about being gaslit by one ex regarding cheating. Um, there was a trapped in the closet scenario situation where he was caught cheating and like where he caught her cheating. And that means he doesn't trust easily, especially any woman. I don't trust women, basically. Yeah. So Violet is like, that's not right that one woman wronged you and now you take it out on every woman, including me. So Riley says that, you know, people need to earn his trust, which is what all the questions are about. It's him giving her a chance to earn his trust. So they come back to the subject of her texting his dad, which she now finally says she's sorry for doing. So after that conversation, Riley is feeling good and wants to enjoy the time they have left together with a bus tour of the city. So while they're on this bus tour, besides being continuously hit with branches. They just keep driving through trees and like, ah. <laughs> um, Riley decides that this is the time to be completely honest with Violet and tell her that she, he talked to a private investigator to look into her background, but didn't pull the trigger and actually like, he just talked to him. He didn't hire him. She's 
very upset about this and says that uh, this is not a suitable relationship if that's the kind of thing he wants to do. He tries to tell her that checking up on people's backgrounds like this is common in his country, but also that, you know, it's in the past now and he gives a big speech about trying to move past this. But she's just sad and angry and wants to go home. Um, So I guess the question I had when I watched this is – what country is Riley from? Because I'm from America and hiring a private investigator to look into your girlfriend's background is not normal or common. No, it definitely isn't. Although I feel like if it was easily accessible to run a background check, that probably <laughs> that more people to- would do that. There used to be this app that my friend showed me when we were all single and uh, you used to be able to enter in someone's phone number and it would pull up if they had any like criminal records, parking tickets, if they owned property, if they had like, uh, you know, uh, if they had marriage on file somewhere, divorce. It was kind of crazy, right? And yeah. it didn't give you too many details. It just said that these things existed, that there were records of these things. And you best believe like during this small window of time that this app was up and running, we used it all the time, you know? But later on that app, like, I don't know what happened to it. Just like- oh. See, doesn't uh, exist I, anymore. I, I will say that um, Maryland, the state of Maryland lets you search uh, the criminal checks for literally anyone uh, mm-hmm. all the time. And yeah, As I, they I should. I, yeah, I, I've, I, I definitely anytime I get like close to any even like people who are like getting to be good friends, I'm like, I'm going to run this person through case search and see what's <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most of the time is nothing comes back for sure. Right. So, I mean, I don't think he's wrong, but I also don't think he's right, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. there certainly are people, and it's not just our country. I feel like it's people, right, that have a curiosity, that do get kind of anxious and obsessed about, like, finding out more about this person, that they would go to great lengths to find out about them. But I also feel like most people recognize that that's kind of crazy, right? And they show some restraint and they don't do it. Yeah. And it's a it's a weird time to do it. Like I do mm-hmm. think it's important that you verify that your partner is not on the sex offender registry. Yes, that's probably that's an important true. thing to do. Right. Right. And, but you do that like, after like, oh, things seem pretty going pretty well after date one or date two. Not like when you've committed to, yeah, I'm, about, I'm about to be engaged to this person. Maybe I should find out if they've committed any crimes. And yeah. we're not even talking about crimes. We're talking about like looking into her. And, and it's also his reasoning for doing it. It's not like, hey, I just need to make sure everything's in the clear. I need to make sure I'm not putting my, my children at risk with anything. He's like, I feel like she's hiding something from me. I have to dig deeper to find out what it is. Well, yeah. And I think like his what he's trying to find isn't something that you're going to get from a background check. Right. He wants to know, is she talking to other men, which is why he has to hire someone like a private investigator who's going to like stalk her around. Right. I feel like most people like here, if there's like mistrust, maybe. But it is not common for people around like in America or whatever to like hire a private investigator. No, it's not. I don't I. I don't know anyone who didn't hire a private investigator that wasn't about 
if someone was violating the divorce agreement and they didn't sure. have to give them alimony anymore. Like that's right. pretty much it, right? That's funny because I was thinking, I was like, yeah, that seems like, yeah, because you need to know, are they shacking up with someone else? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, what, what's going on there? And so I can stop giving you money. Like that, yeah. not, that's not the, uh, not the what's going on there. So I can know if I, you're okay to marry. I was like, mm, right. that's a bad, that's yeah. a bad. Um, although, of course, he did that. He annoyed the crap out of me with the bad tasting thing and not being able to deal with something that smelled or tasted bad and just being like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't concentrate. I'm feeling, oh my gosh, my feelings. Okay. Uh, well, I have to say that he's not wrong in that it's a very, very strong smell. Yes. Right? It's incredibly okay. strong. So okay. it's one of those things where I get what he's saying, but he's the being a bit dramatic. I also right. feel like his description of it isn't completely wrong. Um, but I don't know. It's got a very unique smell, but it is very strong. Like you can smell it like if it's somewhere. Oh, no, that's why they have yeah, like abandoned hotels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's not wrong. I just felt like he's being a bit dramatic. Dramatic. That's that. That's what got yes. me. It wasn't the fact that it was like I don't like the way that smells and it's bothering me. It's right. that he had the big the towel held over his face and like oh my god, you gotta get me water. You gotta get me water. I need water. Like uh, stop being so dramatic about it. Yeah. That's that's the part that pops for me for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's talk. Oh my god, let's talk. I'm gonna go to this one because we got it got it in the middle here, and these people are. Boring as hell. Oh, I was going to say dramatic, but no, no. Amanda and Rosvan are boring as hell. Yeah. Um, So since after the last time we saw them separately, Rosvan is returning to the room to speak with Amanda and there's many emotions. So he thought their relationship was getting stronger, but the fight from last night was what he described as the worst night of his life. So he sits down and tries to start a conversation about what happened. uh, He says that he was hurt by the things she said and asks what her true feelings are. She tells him that... that, quote, obviously she loves him. I don't think that's very obvious no, at all, No, I don't think it's obvious um, at all. But maybe they're just too different. Specifically, she kind of thinks he won't do anything to provide for the family. Like, she can't imagine him working as a janitor to earn money while working on his dream. Uh, she says that she's going to have to take care of him in the U.S. And, like, she, she doesn't want to have to take care of a man. She wants a man that's to take care of himself or whatever. And he's supposed to take care of the family, which... That's not how the visa works. He literally, we know he can't work when she, but he says that he'd never ask her for money. He's always made his own way. He's never even made his, asked his parents for money, but she says that he's missing the point. And then he's like, okay, what's the point? And she was like, so he kind of guesses that maybe she needs a guy that has stability like Jason, which is an unfair thing to spring on him now since eh, he has not been shy about his hopes and dreams and goals and how he wants to do things. So she tells him that she wanted him to be the right person, but maybe they're just not right for each other. He begins to cry and says it isn't fair because you told me different things from now and I don't get what changed or what I did wrong. So she then finally starts to get closer to what we all assume the truth is and says that she's maybe it's just her and she's not ready to be in any relationship and it's just all too much. Then she talks, starts going on about how scary this all is. But she's probably just coming up with excuses for them to break up because she says eh, she really doesn't want to do this now. So Rosvin asks her if she still wants to leave like she said last night. But neither of them want to commit to her leaving or her staying without more thinking. So after that discussion, there is a long, awkward drive back to Bucharest where they both are just kind of silent in the car. 
So he asks what she is thinking and she says she's tired and he's tired but still wants this relationship. So we see an interview where Amanda says that her past trauma, meaning the death of her husband, may, may, maybe have interfered with this relationship a little bit. Um, so she says that if it was a normal time and place, Rosvin would be a great partner, but it's not normal time or place. So in the car, he, she apologizes for putting him in this situation and says that it's, it's not right, but also says that she doesn't really want to break up. So uh, apparently they had this whole trip to Croatia planned tomorrow to meet his parents. And Amanda says that she'd like to stay and work on things and go meet his family. And he says, okay. So Rosvin tells us that a part of him wants to end things, but it's too hard to let her go. So he doesn't want to cancel this Croatia trip. And it looks like they get back late just in time to pack up again. So he's not sure where things stand because some things you can say that you can't take back, like comparing your, him to her dead husband. So he gets up to take a shower and Amanda kind of, after all of his silence that he's been doing, says this isn't going to work if you keep acting like this, uh, which, he just, which she describes as cold and distance. Distant. So she says she's not sure if they can get back on the right track before she leaves. So my question, why does... Why didn't this relationship end right now? Why are they still trying to be together? I feel like she, to me, she's just very immature. Everything about her is just very, like, very immature. Mm -hmm. I actually was pretty, like, surprised at how self-aware she seemed to be in this episode. Like, finally saying, like... Oh, well, you know, I probably was moving on too quickly and I'm not ready to be in a relationship. And maybe I am trying to sabotage this thing. I was like, yes, Yes. finally, (laughs) you're getting it right. But I also feel like she's immature with, you know, she's been immature with how she's kind of dealt with this relationship, um, you know, by sabotaging it without like, you know, kind of recognizing it. But now that he has kind of been like, okay, I'm more removed from this. I'm not as into you. You know, all of a sudden, it's like she needs that affirmation. She, it doesn't Ah, matter that it's like this relationship that's doomed to failure. And she could have easily walked away considering it, she was sabotaging it. But I Mm -hmm. feel like she's immature and she doesn't like get herself enough to realize that it's always going to be this push and pull with her because. It really depends on how available the other person is. If they uh-huh. become too available, she freaks out about how serious this relationship is and she pushes them away and right. she pushes them away just enough where they are like, well, I'm not dealing with this. And then she's like, wait, wait, where'd you go? And like has to reel them back in by all of a sudden. Like, did you see how affectionate she was being in this role in this episode she hasn't been like that this entire time in fact we question is she even like the dude yeah it, 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 that that's that's a pretty good observation that i hadn't really thought of is that it, it has to do with his availability and as soon yeah. as he became more distant as soon as he wasn't totally into her it was well i feel like we should make this work then oh well you, you know you have to work on things to make it and it, it was uh as soon as he's a little harder to get all of a sudden, that's all she wants. Right, right. Right. But when he's there, it's just, this is too much too fast. I can't deal with this. Get away. Um, and I don't know. So it, I think it's kind of falls on him there too because he he kind of also said at, at some point something like, yeah, I feel like breaking up is probably the right choice. Like yeah. this is this – is, we probably should do that. But he just – 
I wish I knew the hold this this girl has on him. He is just super into her. <laughs> he is. It is a little odd to me because she's acted nothing but a rag this entire time. Yeah, you know? like I said, we started this. I started my summary being like, these people are boring. She is one of the most boring people that's ever been on the show. She just is a wet blanket mm-hmm. on everything. Anytime he comes in with any kind of energy, and maybe it's that push and pull again. Yeah. She just whoop. She just deflates his balloon. She deflates our balloon. She's not. She doesn't say anything or do anything funny. She doesn't seem no. like she's enjoying herself ever. No, like, it's just she's she just a seems wet blanket. Like she hates life. Yeah, like she's such a negative like person, and I'm just like, oh, it's it's she's not likable at all. There's nothing about her that is likable. No, yeah, no. It's it's definitely the person that you'd be talking to at the party and be like. Okay, I'm going to okay. go over here now. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, moving on to another couple uh, that has a little less of that push and pull. That's Misha and Nicola. They're meeting with his mom and his brothers. Nico is giving Misha space on the couch, and Misha believes that he's chickening out of telling his family about their relationship. Nico's brother Andy asks how they know each other and Nico tells this kind of long story of how he was correcting Misha's religious knowledge which oh, you know is the key to every woman's heart to be corrected yeah, correcting them mm-hmm. right yeah. which led them to talking every day and it's been three and a half years Nico says that Misha is his girlfriend and they are hoping to get engaged in the next couple of days his brothers are shocked that it's been six years and they have barely heard anything about her Misha asks Andy and his other brother, Mickey, to tell their mom about the impending engagement. They do, and she doesn't look too happy. But then she says she is very happy as she breaks into a smile and then some tears. Misha tells them that they're going to move to America. The brothers ask how mom will feel about never seeing Nico again. And Nadia, mom, says bye, adding that she will visit them in America. Nadia, by the way, took this very well, and she seems to be super stoked. Mm-hmm. So Nico then tells them that Misha is divorced with two kids, and Mickey is surprised, noting that they know very little details about her or their relationship. But they're all surprised he's he's not taking a virgin. Nadia doesn't seem to care that Misha's divorced because all she cares about is that Nico's getting married before she dies. <laughs> His brothers think that maybe Nico was worried about his image, marrying a divorcee, and that's why he's been so private about this whole thing. Misha has been really impressed of how accepting and welcoming his family has been, especially about the news of their impending engagement. Misha is wondering why she had to fight so hard to get Nico to tell his family about them and thinks that Nico might be the one who's really the judgmental one and not his family. Nico is very happy his family had such a positive reaction. So later, Nico is taking Misha to see Accra, which has a very rich history. Misha tells us that she was confused by Nico's hesitation to introduce her to the family and didn't want to bring the negativity with her questions at the time. So they sit down at a restaurant where Nico knows the server, and Misha gets embarrassed at him yelling his order across the room. Nico seems annoyed at her objections and tells her that they aren't in Minnesota. Misha says that she wants to talk to him about what happened yesterday, and Nico starts off by praising how well it went. 
Misha says it seems that he wanted them to dislike her and that she feels like he's more bothered about her past and it's not actually cultural as he claims. He denies that he has any problems with her and says that he loves her a lot. And now Nico is starting to doubt her doubts of his doubt. Okay, so uh, do you think that Misha just let it go and like... You know, call it a win. The family liked her, so who cares that Nico thought that they wouldn't like her? Uh, she probably should, but I also don't think she's wrong. Like, mm-hmm. like this whole I'm not a virgin thing was a hang-up for someone. Yes. Turns out it wasn't a hang-up for his family. So, like, where was that coming from? I feel like, were you putting on the family? Like, because it wasn't like they were – you know, oh, I guess we can accept it. I'm not happy about it. They were just like, who gives a shit? I don't care. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Which, I mean, I also think goes with Nico being that kind of <sighs> juvenile, like mm-hmm. immature that we always talk about, right? Just assuming that the parents were get like, kind of assuming that his mom doesn't even understand how the real world works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I feel like his mom is like, you're 46 years old. You're not going to find a 46-year-old virgin. What are you, what are you, what are you kidding me? Like, like, like she, I, the, you know, she's a realistic person who is like, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I never thought I'd get rid of you. Like, so anybody <laughs> that would take you off my hands is great. Right. right. And, you know, and, and, the, and the boy, then it seems like the guy were like, the, the family was also like, we're surprised you're okay with that more than anything else, right? We all knew that's what would, what, what the what the score was already. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I just feel like I get that she's upset that he's judgmental, and I it's a fair enough conclusion considering the family. Yeah, you know, and like I could see how he would be projecting his judgment onto his family but yeah mom was like super stoked <laughs> yeah i mean that that's that's i'm 100 percent believe that mom was like this dude's never getting married i never have any any grandkids now that's still on the table the never having any grandkids thing but mm-hmm. like you're never going to give me any grandkids but like i'm never going to be rid of him he'll he'll be here forever and yeah it's like okay well this is better yeah, definitely. So, I don't know. It sounds like they're going to get engaged soon. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. After he specifically takes her to, like, the Crusader Village, which I thought was <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> like, it's one of those things that's just like, you know, he does that. He always says everywhere they go has, oh, this is hugely historically significant. This has great meaning for everyone here. Like, oh, it's like, and this time it was like, well, I, and it's like, well, when the Muslims, like, Kick the Crusaders out of Jerusalem. They came here. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, goodness. this guy's literally just siding with Crus- with the Crusaders. Awesome. That is yeah. really not the way modern people tend to look at things, but okay. <laughs> so I don't know. It's 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 it. But you're right. It seems like they'll get engaged soon because it seems like I mean we're getting to that wrap up stage of the stories. The, all the obstacles that they had at the beginning, they're out of the way now. Yeah, but then also my. I just don't see this couple getting married. Am I the only one? I, I'm always surprised by some of them. I don't. I, the look is that I think Misha realizes how immature he is, right? Mm-hmm. And how he doesn't even know what he's getting into when he says he wants to get married. Right. right? And is also a really good actress and is able to be like, well, we'll fill the rest of his trip and I'll go home and be like – yeah, about all that. 
Right. <laughs> Don't make it awkward now, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I cannot see this couple really moving forward. She just seems like so more like experienced. Yeah. No, she is. She is. She's aware. She's been in relationships. She's more. Yes, she is self-aware. She is more emotionally mature. Yes, um, all those things. Right, uh, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Good luck. All right, other people that need luck. Um, yeah. Let's go. Uh, oh my God. Let's 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 hit Christian and Cleo first. We'll get a little more fun on that one. So Christian and Cleo are on their way to a costume shop first. So Cleo is concerned about some of the things that came up during the astrological reading. But she wants to connect by putting together some cosplay with Christian. Cosplay for what? I don't know. They're just trying on costumes and it's fun. So he still wants things. He says he still wants things to work out. And they think that's totally possible. So Christian's ideas are looking through the, 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 the costume shop. is like, hey, maybe let's do like a 20s gangster and flapper thing. Um, and apparently he's a little difficult to outfit because the the guy who at the costume shop is just like, your neck is so tiny. I've never seen a tinier neck than this. This is just, oh my God, like almost to the point where he's like calling other people over. It's like, have you ever seen a 14 inch neck? Look at this guy, which is, which is weird because I think 14 inches is small, but it's not like that small. Uh, Maybe he just has a lot of larger people. Yeah, I could. Going through. Yeah, it just, to me, 14 inches is, it's definitely small, but it's not like, I've never seen a neck this small, small. Um, anyway, so they change in, they have that, and he, in all this while, he just wants to put on the thing so he can do the gangster voice, and he does it a lot. So he's, he's just annoying. I don't know. Oh, it's kind of, they change it, then they change it to some, like, Knight, King Arthur, Guinevere, Maiden thing, um, which him in the fake knight costume really does it for Cleo. She's like, oh my goodness, this is the, oh, I can't believe I pulled this guy. And I was like, that I, I can. This I know, <laughs> I was going to say, really? Ew, I was very surprised. But I mean, different folks for different strokes. Different strokes yeah. for different folks. The other one? Yeah, okay. So he's in this outfit when he springs a surprise. So he has a necklace a necklace to show his love for her. Yeah, at least better better than the promise ring that we've seen before in other ones, right? So notice how he said love in there to show his love for her. See? Hmm? Huh? So now at this point, Cleo just thinks that he's a good-hearted, goofy boy that has made some mistakes and is hopeful that their relationship is moving in the right direction. So the next thing that comes up is Christian's Thanksgiving dinner with Cleo and her friend Jane. So he's in. he's going to be in the UK over Thanksgiving, so he's going to make just you know, the traditional U.S. Thanksgiving dinner that they don't really have in the U.K. and, you know, do that. And so he's there and he has to explain all the Thanksgiving traditions, which Cleo was really excited about. She just doesn't know much about it except for there's apparently a lot of food. So, but apparently, according to Christian, most of those definitions means passing up all of the fresh fruits and vegetables for stuff in cans. Like, she's like, should we get this fresh corn? He's like, no, cream corn from a can. Should we get these lovely cranberries? No, we need the jelly stuff. Like, oh, man. Which I'm not even sure you can get in the UK. Like, I had a hell of a time finding peanut butter. It's a whole thing. Right? Yeah. Um, so, anyway, they, they they seem to have done okay. They don't really stick with that. They have all their groceries. And they get back to the apartment. Cleo is having – she has a long class she needs to attend. So, 
while she's there, Christian spends some time. He says, oh, I'll hang out. I'll go to the pub maybe. Um, and he seems like he had a lot of time at the pub because when oh, Cleo God, gets back, yes. he's uh, quite buzzed. Uh, and didn't he was like basically like, I didn't drink all the wine. I left you a glass because I didn't want to drink all of it. Um, so he says that he went bar hopping. And when he was bar hopping, he even met a girl. Uh, and that girl is infuriating. Yeah. And she was American. And of course, you had to talk how I was obviously going to talk to the American girl at the bar. Um, and they actually have this on film, which is like, oh my God, him at the bar. He like orders a drink and she's there. And he's like, well, I'm not usually a big drinker, but you know, I'm out when I'm out here on vacation. It's like, no, you are usually a big drinker. Literally, all you've talked about is drinking. Anyway. Yeah, right. I <laughs> I was just like, liar. What world are we in right now? So anyway, so we see he's at the end. We see at the end where he's like, I need to add you to my socials before they leave. So when they get, they kind of flash back forward, and he tells Cleo that he actually invited her to Thanksgiving, which is surprising to Cleo since she's like. It takes me years before I'm comfortable enough inviting someone into my house. Yeah. And Cleo is also like, that's not cool. Like I have all these new recipes to make. I'm trying to cook food and there's a stranger around. That sounds horrible to her. So she's concerned that Christian is still just going around bars and chatting up women uh, that seem um, that seem to have what, what she is missing. That being like, you know, non-social anxiety. So what – is wrong with this guy? Why on earth would he invite this woman back to this apartment? To this I party? have no idea. This guy is like, uh, when Cleo said, like, I can't believe I pulled this guy, I was like, ew. And he's it, terrible. He's so yeah. terrible. And I just think, like, he is such a liar. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, I don't ever drink unless I'm on vacation. It's like, bullshit. Total bullshit. Yes, I don't usually drink that much. And then before he left, he was like, we saw all we saw of him before he left America was drinking the night before he was leaving, getting up, eating breakfast, drinking at breakfast. And like, we've right. literally never seen him not drinking. <laughs> no, like, he's such a liar. And then his whole, like, oh, it's just innocent. I just want to talk to this girl. Really? Why? Why are you just trying to talk to these random girls? Inviting oh, yeah. them over, having absolutely no consideration. Okay, now let's just say, you know, for argument's sake, that he really is oblivious, right? And completely not self-aware that, you know, he really does drink a lot and that he, you know, comes off as a creep, like just talking to these random girls. Let's just like pretend he doesn't get any of that. It's like, even if you think it's innocent to invite some random over, like, did you think about how Cleo would feel about it? You're inviting him to her house. I know. You're having her cook for another woman. You don't think that she might feel a little jealous about that? You know, it's like, it's just completely inconsiderate. I hate this dude. Yeah. I mean, so to me, and that's, to me, the biggest, the biggest tell is we've seen a few times of him doing this. I'm just friendly, man. I talk to people when no. I'm around. Okay. So we've seen three times or heard about three times he's did this. This time, the weird airplane bullshit, right? And uh, the other time, the first time they went out in the bar and there was a group of women. Guess what they all were? Women. Yeah. Has he ever chatted up a guy, met the American man at the bar, invited him to Thanksgiving? No. It's always women. You're hitting on these women. Whether he wants to admit it to himself or not, he's hitting on these women. Like, 
and like he has to stop pretending like he's not. And, right. And and that's we're going beyond like Cleo who tells him from the get go. People make me nervous. I get intense anxiety around new people. And he's just always inviting new people around. Yeah. He is so, like I said, such a liar. Like, how can you say that you are never making the first move? We saw him make the first move. Like, literally saw him. It wasn't like he he got the beer and was like, well, hey there, what's up? He's like, oh, you're American. Like, he's, we know he makes the first move. (sighs) God, I hate this guy. Right? So and much. Yeah, it's it's yeah. He, he's just, and I don't know if he's. I, I mean, I think he's lying to himself more than anybody else. I think mm-hmm. he really thinks. I think he honestly thinks he doesn't drink that much, and women are always hitting on him and uh, making the first move on him, and he's just being friendly and is completely oblivious. Um, which doesn't make him any better. He's still awful. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's so, so awful. Uh, okay, speaking of awful, we got another couple people that are not yeah. so great themselves. Oh, That's Gino and Jasmine. So Jasmine is treating Gino to a do-it-yourself spa day. Jasmine wants him to take off his hat so she can reach his face, and he freaks out, but they compromise on him just flipping it backwards. Jasmine is rubbing lotions and steaming his face, then literally slapping a mask on him. Uh, Jasmine notes that they have always had a rough start uh, in there whenever they get together, but then by the time they're in a place where they're really getting along, Gino has to leave. Jasmine brings up the urgency to get to the U.S., and Gino just asks for her to be patient again. So Jasmine asks if he will help to pay for the apartment until the visa is approved because she doesn't want to move again. Jasmine is almost in tears as Gino insists on finding a cheaper, but as he says, it's still nice apartment. Jasmine just asks him to say yes for once, and Gino says she sounds spoiled. Jasmine insists that he has the money to spend on sugar babies for $300 a date, and he gives his money to his, uh, gives money to his ex to take them, uh, themselves on vacations. Jasmine thinks that her rent is cheaper than a trip to Disneyland or Legoland. Things escalate very quickly as Gino tells her there's no comparison, and they call each other trash. Jasmine starts to take his hanging clothes and aggressively throws them on the floor, telling him to get out. Gino does the same with her clothes, and then Jasmine escapes to the bathroom and yells at him to get out of her way as she slams the door. There's a thud from the bathroom, and then Gino's yelling at her not to throw things. Jasmine comes out screaming, fuck you, a thousand times. She calls him a cheap weirdo and tells him to get out of her house. Gino tells the production she's done as she throws the electric toothbrush on the floor (sighs) as a callback. So the last yes, time they had this bashes, that's how right. we do it in this in this relationship. Yeah, yeah. So Jasmine says she feels unloved and unappreciated as she sobs near Gino, like they're now weirdly on the couch, and then tells him that she's just tired. Jasmine is scared of coming to the U.S. and not having anyone but him. And whenever she has asked for money, he reacts like this. Gino wants credit for the money he has provided so far, and he's the one who feels unappreciated. Jasmine says moving around isn't fun or easy for her, and she actually likes her country and is only moving for him. She worries he will treat her badly if she moves and only has him to rely on. Jasmine then recaps the events that she was giving him a massage, and then, just out of nowhere, he started yelling at her. (laughs) 
Gino doesn't think he treats her poorly at all. Gino says he wants to look at two other places and then she will have to move and that's just the way it is. Jasmine says that she doesn't like a, uh, she doesn't feel like a priority to him and she should be the most important thing in his life. Gino says that it's a tie between Jasmine and his family. And he says that, you know, it'll be different after marriage. And then Jasmine calls him a fucking idiot. (laughs) Gino then gets in her face saying his family is important too. Then they call each other fucking idiots and trash again. And by the way, this is in the interview. So it is two different arguments at two different times, supposedly. Yes. Mm -hmm. So then Jasmine tells, then tells Gino that she is going to go back with her ex Dane because he is the best sex she's ever had. In fact, she just had it last month and she has video proof. Gino says, well, then she's a whore and it's over as Jasmine storms off. Jasmine says this is it because she can't even breathe the same oxygen as him. Okay, so do you think Jasmine is lying about this cheating? Because why the heck is this cheating just coming out now? And why is she like, I don't know. It just seems like one of those things where it could be out of spite that she's saying this. No, I could see her making this up out of anger, mm-hmm. right? And 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 saying it. Um, it. It depends on when the month was. I don't know when the interviews are in relation to the rest of the story either. Right. Um, that because it was a month, she said it was within a month of the interview. Now the part that I question is the video evidence part because right. I I've had I've been with people for long term relationships, very mm-hmm. long term relationships where we've never filmed ourselves doing it. Right, and I can't imagine that like I would do all that like and then just be like, well, when I when am I going to film myself doing it? It's when I'm cheating. That's when I want to have the video evidence <laughs> to prove like, that I was that. I was like, of all the times, you, of all the you know sexual events that you can film, why would you film the one where you're cheating? That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, agreed. Um, it is weird. Unless the only thing that I was thinking is maybe, and I feel like it would never come out this way. But if you're filming it, maybe she that was her partner for her OnlyFans. Uh, yeah, maybe. But then he would know. It would be like if you were doing it on your OnlyFans, like not like it would be a secret from Gino, right? Like he would so know true. it immediately, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I guess the only way it makes sense is if she only did it to spite Gino and wanted to make sure that there was video of it that she could. Show him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it is weird that she's pointing to video evidence because that could back it up. Because I was going to say that, like, you know, I feel like she just made up the whole thing. I I feel like she made up the whole thing, too. I feel like once she gets to that level of anger that we've seen her get to, she literally just says, like, what is the thing that is going to get – stab him the deepest, whether it's true or false or indifferent. That's what I'm going to say. Like, yeah, boom, but at the same time, too, I could also see her kind of going back and saying she said that out of anger, even though she didn't really mean it. And that is like you are sowing the seeds of mistrust here, right? Right. By lying or cheating or possibly doing both. Like, we don't know. Yeah, and that, that that's true in any, any case. In any case, I don't. I cannot deal with a relationship where when people get mad, they, quote, say things they don't mean. Like, right. I, that now, how am I supposed to know what you do when you don't mean? 
like when we're in a heated discussion, how are we supposed to resolve things when you're just making stuff up to give me angry? Now, which one, what am I supposed to trust? What am I supposed to believe? What am I supposed to believe when you're calm that that's the truth now? I don't know how to deal with that. And that's pretty much what dealing with Jasmine is because like both times we saw her get mad, she just she she yells about like she just she doesn't make any sense. It's just nonsense. You're right. three hundred dollar Lego land sugar babies, and it's like what is, what is she talking about? Like does I'm so confused. Yeah, especially because the stuff was from before, right? We're assuming the three hundred dollar sugar babies are things from before. I feel like she brings it up. She brought to up like the Lego him. land came up a long time ago too. Yeah. Yeah, but she thinks he has money and, you know, that's why she feels like, well, yeah. why did these bitches get this stuff and I got nothing? And, and at the end of the day, she's just – I feel like she's also just not – what she's saying is not in tune with why she's really upset. Like, I don't even think she's actually upset that he's not spending enough money on her. Like, I think she's upset because she was using this apartment as an insurance policy to make sure that this visa came through. And so him saying, hey, let's get a cheaper apartment – is basically him saying, hey, let's push back this visa indefinitely. And, yeah. and that's where she's mad. And But that's not what she says. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not what she says. And I also feel like, you know, I get her side, right? It sucks to have to move and you're just like in limbo and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know what the solution is because Gino is not going to pay for this apartment. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, she she, she um, uh, she's got to get a job, I guess. Like she's got to yeah. do something for herself. She can't she has to stop being completely reliant on this guy. But yeah, I mean, and that and that that that's where that's where it was. I think she cuz I think she even said it. She legitimately picked out this apartment to light a fire under his ass to be like, "Hey, the sooner you get this visa done, the sooner you don't have to pay for this expensive ass apartment anymore." Like, right. And right. now he's and now he's backing up being like, well, I'm not gonna pay for the expensive ass apartment. Like we're done. And like, but like even the trigger that set her off in the interview, right? Like, who who matters more to you, your family? Or he was like, Well, it's a tie. And like that didn't have to be I don't understand how we went from that to 60. Like yeah. that was that was just totally like almost out of nowhere like i can see being like seriously gino you dumbass <laughs> like <laughs> right and then he's super annoying because when he gets mad like when she gets mad she just goes crazy right she and says all kinds of stuff for nuclear sure. when he gets mad he just repeats the last thing he said she says to him like back at her which is annoying like he's like, he's like she's like you idiot he's like you're an idiot he's like you know you're being crazy no you're crazy you're like, yeah. you don't love me. No, you don't love me. Like, he just is like, what? Say something that she didn't just say to you, man. Yeah. I'm shocked that these people are together. I kind of was like, they were winning me over as a couple recently, but their fights just get so bad that to me, it doesn't matter the good times that they have. This, like, no, no, very no. clearly, like, negates that times 100. No. And they've been through so many fights like this. I yeah. would. I, I, okay, I would say fight one, I'm 90% out. If fight two happens, I'm done. Yeah. Like, that's it. If, if that, if she yelled at me the way she yells at him, like, at all, like, I'm out. And he is, he is a dick in lots of ways and he mistreats her in lots of ways. His mistreatment isn't necessarily in the heat of the fight. 
Like right. he does the passive aggressive shit and the proper equipment shit and stuff like that. But he also knows exactly how to push her buttons and get her to look like the crazy one. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. All right. That's everybody. No, I have one more. I have oh, yeah. David and Sheila. So David looks like he's making his way out on his own. So Sheila is at a prayer service for her mother, and he's on his way downtown to buy what he says is something special for Sheila. Amy is not available today, so he's going to have to brave things with just his phone. So he thinks he'll be he thinks that he's going to be ignored and navigation getting places is going to be difficult. When he gets out, he gets the driver to point him in the direction of the ring store. And while they do that, they do the muted audio thing for a while. Like, how could he possibly understand what's going on? So he wanders a bit and, and asks a few more people for directions and says, you know, that they have a romantic pl- outing to the beach planned. And if things go well, he'll pop the question. So he ends up finding the ring store and, um, and he's looking while he's looking, tells us some things about why he loves her. And the ring shopping is tricky, tricky because the woman in the store keeps talking while he's not looking like he's looking at the ring and she's like, well, that one's a very beautiful ring. And he's like, she's like, he can't hear me. You're talking, not at him. So, uh, so anyway, uh, there's a lot of typing that goes on and it goes very slow. So he says Sheila's worth it and he finally makes a decision and picks an $83 ring and hopes that it's the right time for this. Um, but doesn't know when he'll get – because he doesn't know when he'll get another chance to ask in person. So now David has less than a week in the Philippines and he and Sheila are getting packed uh, to their trip to Mobile. So Sheila – which is the beach trip. So Sheila gets a voice uh, – uh, on the voice to text on the phone to say how excited she is she's going and also ask that Amy not come with them. She's still dealing with some jealousy issues regarding Amy, especially if Amy's there on the, what's supposed to be their romantic getaway. So he agrees because he wants to talk to her about some things without other people there. So on the bus, they still are on the phone and like, like it's awkwardly reading the emoji out loud. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like smiling face with tongue, smiling face with cheeks. Like, um, <laughs> and this all makes this all makes David wish Sheila knew how to sign because that would make things less weird and also faster, and especially less weird because they keep the phone keeps talking out loud about like the sex stuff that he's oh, talking God. about on the like, presentation, like about his giant American penis. So wow, it's not great. So they get to the resort, and Sheila obviously has to do all the talking there. So. Sheila says it's the nicest place she's ever stayed when they get to the room and they start by just jumping like into the bed. So David tells us that he's going to take (laughs) – it's going to take a lot of hours of work to pay for this place, but she deserves it and he wanted the perfect spot for his proposal. So once there, David wants to communicate only in sign language. Like just put the phone away and it will just sign to practice. She's not doing all that great because she has to like spell out most of the words that she's talking – that she's speaking Mm -hmm. and – David kind of is like, why didn't you learn some sign language by now? Um, because, you know, it's just too complex. It, 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 but then it gets complex. They kind of go away from the only signs very quickly and the phone comes out. So in an interview, in an interview David tells us that Sheila's not using sign language, has kind of been bothering him his whole trip. And he doesn't want to bring it up to her because – you know, her mom just died and is not like, could you guys like please talk in sign language to me more? Right. So he's finding it hard. He's finding it harder to make a deep connection of her without being able to communicate fluently. So then they go, but you know, that doesn't mean they aren't connected because soon they go to the bathroom to have a uh, bath and a shower at the same time. And 
presumably do other stuff there. Um, all right. So I guess we start with that. I mean, this seems to be, you know, David kind of feeling the distance between him and everybody over the communication issue, but specifically between him and Sheila. Like, I mean, do you, is this, could this be like a, a obstacle in this relationship if she can't pick up signs quick enough? Um, yeah, but I think it's one that he's going to be patient with, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that the more that he kind of forces her to sign by him signing mostly and only communicating sure. her with her that way, she'll pick it up. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like translator Amy where she picks it up in like, what, a month, a month. or two? She said a month. Yeah, yeah a month. <laughs> but I mean, enough to like kind of get by, I feel like. You yeah. know, and to feel like progress is being made. So, I mean, honestly, this is a pretty solid couple. Like, I'm not worried about them. I feel like these are just, you know, challenges that they're facing, but it's not even challenge in the way of conflict. Right. Yeah. I think they both shared would like for her to, uh, you know, sign language, but it's a challenge. Right. It's difficult. Right. And I, don't, I just don't. I, I just hope it's not a situation like. Like um, from, you know, other languages like Corey and Evelyn, right? That damn yeah. Corey lived in like, you know, lived in Ecuador for like oh, five gosh. years and was still like, hola, como estas? Like, how you, right. you lived there. What are you doing? Like, yeah. But I think like, the difference here is that, you know, Sheila is going to be moving to the U.S., And so David will be more in his comfort zone. And then I think like Sheila is going to be more out of her comfort zone. So I feel like it's going to be beneficial for her to learn sign. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, It's just some people just aren't good at picking up languages and it takes them a really long time. (laughs) I, I get it. It's hard. But at the same time, it's like. One of two things, then, if it's, like, so difficult. One, you probably shouldn't marry someone that you have communication issues with. Mm-hmm. That would be my first thing, right? And then, you know, if you're open to that, you have to have a commitment to really learning that person's and not just one person committing to the other person, right? It really should be two people committing to, you know, learning the other person's language. That I, I think that at least. Yeah, I mean, well, in this case, obviously, it can only be one way, right? right and this is this right. is one of those situations that's bad because I do feel like if it's a bilingual household and you're marrying someone yeah. who speaks another language, you should learn each other's languages. Sure, right? yeah. But you're right because what can David really do? I mean, he can't really just like speak. He can't learn English. He can't learn right. Tagalog. Like he can't speak. Yeah. Like he can't speak. Yeah, so. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a little bit different. I mean, I – I hope it works out, like, but because I feel like this was supposed to be the couple we're supposed to be rooting for, right? Yeah, um, for sure. They, I mean, they I'm definitely seem like the healthiest couple that we have here. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was all of our couples. So out of the group we saw this week, who was your student of the week? Oh, geez. I'm going to say, well, I'll stick with that. I'll say David. I um, do. Yeah. Just he's. Good. Like he's nice. He bought a ring. He's like doing the right, bought it a nice place to stay. And like also acknowledges that like the time is money thing. He's like, like, I maybe it's a blue collar thing to do, but uh-huh. I was, I, I was kind of raised like in that way of like looking at a room and being like, 
how many hours does this room cost? Like right. how many hours do I have to work to pay for this room? Yeah. Well, I thought it was also uh, interesting. And I know it was more Sheila, but, you know, recognizing that they're going to have to get used to living life without this translator. Yes. Yeah, they have to. Yeah. 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 All right. What about your dunce? Uh, we have many choices this time. We but do. I, I, I'm going to say Jasmine. Like either cheating and throwing it in their face in a fight or not cheating and making it up to throw them in the face in a fight is awful. Like, Yeah. It's just yeah I agree with you. And I went with Jasmine as well because uh, I feel like as crazy as she is, we haven't really given her much this season. And mm-hmm. Christian seemed like the obvious choice, but I think I picked him the yeah. last three weeks. I, 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 I was, I mean, I was definitely going between him and Christian, but at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll save Christian for the uh, for the um, life lesson, right. which is which is right there. You can't invite someone to someone else's house without checking with them first. Oh my gosh! Right? Ugh, idiot! So rude. So rude. Um, the other person who was definitely in contention for dunce for this week was Amanda. Well, I mean, she typically is. I think this week she was the least duncey that she's been. Yeah, uh, I would say this was her least duncey episode. Yes. She showed some bit of self-awareness. Right. This and time. so yes. this is where my life lesson's coming from. It's totally understandable if you aren't over something, which she finally admitted this week. But at the same time, you can't just ignore all your close friends and family's concerns and plow through it anyway, <laughs> you know, because it's unhealthy. And this is the biggest thing, right? It's one thing to me, my opinion, if you are being self-destructive, but the moment that you are dragging someone else into your vortex of terrible yeah. and hurting others, that's where I'm just like, no, you need to figure your shit out and not be so hurtful to others. Yeah, yeah. You're allowed to, I didn't say, you're allowed to hurt yourself as much as you want. You can't drag people with you, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, next week is Labor Day weekend. Uh, We will be uh, traveling, both of us, this time. So uh, we will likely not be uh, releasing until Tuesday and possibly even Wednesday. Yeah, so, that's right. Thanks for mm-hmm. your patience. While well, we've kind of had a crazy last couple weeks, but uh, after that, there's no travel in the near future. So, right, we'll that's be right. releasing on Monday again. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. Yeah. All right. So until then. Okay. Talk to everybody then. Okay. Yeah. Bye. bye. bye.